just in time for summer, the folks at Epic Brewing have released a new canned cocktail, the Utah Margarita. A delicious blend of real lime and agave, the Utah Margarita is ready to drink by the river or in the park. And here's the kicker, no need to buy it at a liquor store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or visit Epic Brewing on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. Today on CityCast Salt Lake, tickets to the Sundance Film Festival hit the market this morning. And yes, nothing says you're a local like hating on Sundance. But hear me out. As a former staffer, I do think it's possible for Salt Lakers to have a great experience. My friend Daniela Weinreich is also a Sundance alum, and we made you a guide full of festival do's and don'ts. It's Thursday, January 12th, 2023. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. All right, Daniela Weinreich, I feel like there are a lot of missed opportunities for Salt Lakers to have fun at Sundance. People get kind of grumpy about the festival, but as former staffers, I think you and I can agree that there are tips and tricks to a successful Sundance, a not grumpy, not super expensive festival experience, right? Yeah. And I think it's such a unique um, thing to Salt Lake that people are really missing out if they don't take advantage of this awesome festival. Yeah, I think people don't realize that it's not all hustle and bustle in Park City, that there's a ton of screening options in Salt Lake as well as the resort. Like there, It's not just, um, you know, lines out the door at the Egyptian up in Park City. Let's spitball a list. Between the two of us, I feel like we can come up with some good, like hot tips for locals that want to get in on Sundance. I'm going to go first, which is don't try and go to parties. That's a big one. Not worth it. And they're not for you. Like you're not going to get in. You're just not. You're going to stand in line in the cold. Sundance sanctioned events are not as cool as the non-sanctioned events. Let's get that out of the way. Just watch movies. Yeah. I mean, and that's and that's the real heart of the festival. And so much of those parties are networking and yeah, not not for your average bear. Mm-mm. No. One of my favorite tricks and tips that I use um, every year in my festival going experience is not to seek out the really big like celebrity hot ticket item movies because they're going to be sold out and chances are they will be bought and distributed to you later on. So I think it's really awesome to utilize the shorts programs and a lot of the world cinema um, as well shorts as... Shorts forever. Yeah, shorts forever. Um, and some of the midnight screenings and some of the more unique experiences that may not get picked up and you may not have a chance to see again. One of my favorite shorts ever was a minute and 27 seconds and it like changed my life and I've never been able to find it ever again. Like it just, it went away. It was this movie called Frog Jesus. I love it. I love <laughs> it. Yeah. And there's so many creative, like really unique films that like this is kind of their chance to be seen. Um, and so I think it's it's really exciting. And when you get a shorts program, you get like a ton of different uh, bite-sized content that, yeah, mm-hmm. like you said, may may not get distributed. And so it's kind of your only chance and they can be really special. The festival, of course, is at the end of the day, also a business. And so getting celebs to the festival is part of their model. Like it makes people excited. It gets them hyped. But that sometimes means letting movies into the festival that are like celeb directed that maybe aren't the best 
but like some really famous actor wants to try their hand at directing. And so like Sundance is going to show their film because it means that they'll come to the festival. And I just feel like time after time I've been duped into getting excited about those movies because I like that celebrity and they're never quite as good for me. So I think if you have a limited number of tickets or a limited amount of money you're spending on films, I think stay away from celeb directed movies. Yeah, I totally agree. And like, honestly, looking at the program in the last couple of years, I do think they are shying a little bit away from that method. Um, of mm. course, there is going to be star studded movies and big um, in the premieres category, like kind of like what you said, more celebrity driven film projects. I do think in the last couple of years, they've been expanding more towards um, just other people who haven't who basically it's time that it's it's their time to tell their story. Yeah. But again, also those celebrity-driven movies, like they're going to get distributed no matter what. So you might as well take your your time. And if you're going to make a, a night out of it, do, go see something really unique that you would never, you know, get to see otherwise or might not even make it to a, a cinema near you. Yeah. Okay, what else? Is there anything else to pile on this list? Obviously, try and see as much as you can in person. It's so worth it. But also, the virtual festival is a really huge tool. And unlike some of the other major festivals like South By that are doing away with their virtual portal, um, Sundance is continuing to push that forward. Um, and that is a great way to to see these movies like kind of in the comfort of your own home. And I, I think it's a really great option. Yeah, especially if you're like still pandemic shy and you don't want to be in a theater because like the theaters will be full yes. then watching at home is a great option and you can invite a bunch of people over and like split the cost of a ticket totally and and you know i mean some of them are premieres and like will be in a time slot but a lot of the options are almost like a streaming on demand situation where like you can kind of watch it on your own schedule which i think is really nice yeah that is nice and you can pause and go to the bathroom exactly <laughs> you brought up staying in salt lake and watching in salt lake and i just like can't emphasize that enough i do think like everyone should go to park city for at least a day like walk down main go into all the cool activations get some free swag from like Dell or whatever heard a rumor stanley's a sponsor this year you might even get an adventure quencher but see the bulk of your movies in Salt Lake because parking can be a nightmare up in Park City. And everything that's shown in Park City is going to be shown down here. So you might as well just walk on down to the Broadway. Yeah. And also give them your coins. Exactly right. I mean, if but parking alone, you know what I mean? It, it can be a, a bit of a madness up there. Obviously, there's great bus systems that they put in place. The best. But yeah, be ready to fight for your life for parking if you do make make it up to Park City. Just take the bus. Just take the bus. And then the final thing is like a lot of people I think get discouraged. And I did for years if you can't get into a screening. And I think like they have an app with a waitlist basically function where like you can get on a waitlist for a movie and if you cross the wait list, like if you're chosen and you get to get in, you do have to buy your ticket with cash is the way they do it. But there have been very few times I haven't made it into a screening, especially in Salt Lake, off the wait list. It is really doable. Oh, yeah. And I think um, it's one of those things people may be reluctant to like, oh, do I need, really need to, you know, download another app? But it is honestly essential if you do want to kind of hop around the like in-person um, movies. I think it's super easy and agreed. I, I can't think of one movie that I 
didn't get into if I was using the app system. It is really helpful. Yeah, because they hold a ton of tickets for like press and this and that. And so you you don't realize that when it says it's sold out, there's still probably like at least a quarter of the theater available. Yeah. And so definitely waitlist. And also it's like, it feels like that's kind of the thriller the get because the whole point of the festival is like you're seeing things before other people or that other people won't be able to like, you know, see maybe at all. And so when you clear the wait list and you like get in, even if you have to like sit by yourself, it's exciting. Like it's a win. Absolutely. I mean, it's a super special feeling to be one of the first audiences to see a film. Yeah. Especially if the director is there and you're like, oh my God, if I like clap, like that's their first clap. Yeah. You know? yeah. Oh, it's so ex- We're nerds. It's so <laughs> you and I are nerds. <laughs> I love it. The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th. And this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court. And this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at slclivingtrad. We talk a lot on this show about our city's crown jewels. What are the institutions that open doors in our community and regulate its pulse? I choose Salt Lake Community College, and it is a home for incredibly focused Salt Lakers. Nearly 80% of their students work while going to school, many full-time jobs. If I could do college all over again, I would not be 33 and sitting on these damn student loans. And slick students aren't. 80% graduate with little to no student loan debt or save thousands knocking out credits before transferring to a four-year institution. Every day, Salt Lake Community College is transforming lives and communities through education. If you want to learn something new, refine a trade, or pursue a higher degree for the first time, explore your options at slcc.edu. Study alongside hard workers, save precious money, and be one in a class of 19, not 100. Let's play film critic. I want you to make some recommendations and I'm going to let you make all the recommendations because I just trust you. Like you are such a movie gal. Every time you're like, yeah, we're going to throw on this thing, even if it's something that I'm sort of distrusting of or like I'm worried might spook me out or seems weird. It's always good. <laughs> like you're really good at this. Oh, thanks. This is like my March Madness. I I read everything in the program <laughs> review. I always have. I make notes. I think one of my favorite uh, categories is both world and U.S. documentary because I think um, the heart of Sundance is really documentary filmmaking. And I feel like they always come, come hard hitting. Um, and there's a ton of different topics 
that the documentaries are going to touch on this year. There's one on Little Richard. There's a ton about, mm-hmm. you know, indigenous peoples, like right for free press in their town. Um, one that really caught my eye is called Going Varsity in Mariachi by Alejandra Vasquez, okay. which is about like competitive scholastic mariachi. Oh my God. And I just think it sounds Wait, like... Did you? Is that a pick for me or is... Sounds pretty good, right? Incredible. So I think that's just like going to be really fun and colorful and just a slice of life in a Texas town that I'm really keen to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to fully disassociate to that yeah, town 100%. and that competition. I know you're a midnight girly. You, I can't do horror, but you can. I love, I love a you midnight well. screening, um, especially the ones at Sundance are just like they're they're so off the wall. One in midnight that is totally catching my eye is called Infinity Pool, and it is like a crazy sci-fi. It takes place at this like luxury resort, and stuff gets really, really weird. It has Mia Goth, who we love, and Alexander Skarsgård, and it just looks bananas. <laughs> okay, those are like two of the freakiest people around. I know, and the, the <laughs> thumbnail for it just looks so spooky. So I'm really excited uh, to see what twists and turns. Yeah, it does feel like we're kind of in the era of everything going horribly wrong at a at a resort, like a la White Lotus. I think we're all really primed for a story. Yeah. Like and I'm so here for that. Like, give me more. I want more. Okay, what else are you excited for? One of the things that I think is really special about this year's programming is there is a ton of Iranian women's stories. There's a ton of Iranian-American female directors on the slate this year. This one woman is making this film called The Persian Version, and it's like a really fun family. Like, I think it's based around a wedding and there's Mm. a ton of dance numbers and a big family secret and kind of marinating (sighs) on different generations of Iranian American families. And I think that one looks really fun. Yeah. Love a family like dramedy. Yeah, exactly right. Like maybe could be somewhere in the lane of The Farewell. Mm. Oh, I loved The Farewell. You know, that started as a radio piece. Yes. It was a This American Life story. Yeah, I loved The Farewell. Yeah, this looks beautiful. So much dancing. I'm Googling it. I'm seeing so many yeah, dancing lots scenes. of dance yes, numbers, I which I'm wait. super here for. And then there's one called Fairy Dance, which is about uh, missing and murdered indigenous women. And it's kind of this like mm-hmm. coming of age story. Um, but it's also talking about families, like still indigenous families still navigating like a, a very colonized world um, and the super mm-hmm. pressing topic of missing and murdered indigenous women. So I think that'll be... Um, a movie I'm also really looking forward to seeing. Yeah, I feel like whenever I make my little Sundance schedule, which I like to get the like printed program guides or I print one out and like circle things and like make little notes. I know that your notes are color coded. You sent me a picture. It's always about finding that balance between like a documentary that I know is going to break my heart, but in a way that's like so worth seeing and showing up for and like something silly and something light and like you're kind of just trying to, it's like your Sundance palette. Yeah. And it really is across the board. You can get something that will absolutely shatter you. You can learn something. And then there's just kind of the really fun, like there's a a documentary I believe that is in the next category about the tuba thieves in Southern California and how like there was all these missing tubas in like 2011. So like fun and fluff. Completely missed that story. Yeah, exactly right. But then, you know, you're going to get something like Mutt, which is in U.S. Dramatic. That's actually um, one of my dear friends, Silas, was on the crew for. That is um, a day in the life as a young trans man in New York City and, you know, 
not only is it an authentic trans story, but the entire crew oh, is queer. Wow. You can really get to see a lot of different stories um, that, yeah, fall, fall all over the map. I want to spend a little bit of time speculating about the future of Sundance in a way that I feel like only former staffers and film nerds can do. And I, I don't want to gossip about the festival because like this festival, I feel like is really important to me. Like in so many ways, it changed my Mine life. Too. For example, it brought me to Utah where I now host a daily podcast about Salt Lake City. Um, I met you yes. and you're my friend Thank now. Thank goodness. But the world is really changing and I'm trying to figure out how Sundance adapts with it. And one of the things that I noticed this year in the program guide is like no virtual reality projects. The new frontier category has just three films. And a while back, it felt like Sundance was really trying to position themselves as being sort of like the VR festival. Mm -hmm. And now they're stepping back from that. And I think it's really interesting and it feels kind of telling that this is an organization that is trying to figure out its place and and trying to do a little bit of resetting and recalibrating after or in a continuing pandemic. Yeah, you know, I think New Frontiers is certainly a mystery. Um, obviously, for 15 years, it's been the emerging VR and AR kind of platform for artists around the world, with a lot of other international festivals turning their eye onto Utah to see what is coming next. I think there's probably a couple of reasons why um, we're not seeing that this year. I think obviously some of it is is pandemic related because so much of the VR platforms are immersive and are in person with headsets on your face, et cetera. Um, I think another reason could be that because it kind of evolved so, you know, all eyes on Sundance, um, I think what ended up happening is a lot of the technologies were being purchased, much like the films get bought by, you know, Amazon, Hulu, whatever. I think a lot of the technologies regarding AI and VR were starting to get poached by big companies and perhaps Sundance is really trying to get back to the roots of we are trying to tell stories and perpetuate narratives rather than become a bidding ground for for these kind of breaking breaking technologies. So it it could be something in restructuring to continue to put the art of storytelling at the forefront rather than um, create a market for these sorts of things. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things that makes the festival and festivals in general so interesting to me is that they are a marketplace and it's the thing that can make them feel very exclusive, but it's also the thing that I think gives them a ton of energy, which is like, I mean, back in the day, it was like bidding wars and all of that is also changing, mm -hmm. right? Like we have like Netflix has premiered films at Sundance. Hulu has premiered films at Sundance. Like those films don't really necessarily need to be bought. They're going to go straight to that platform. But I remember like when I first started working in festivals, I was 13 years old and it was like there would be a premiere and then you would see people like sneaking out of the theater right before credits with their phones to like start meeting and like start bidding on movies, like a very thrilling sort of like way to see the industry in action. And the, the industry is really shifting and like the power players are shifting and like we're getting these like weird film conglomerates. And I think it's creating a bit of a crisis for indie movies where like you either see like a coda mm -hmm. that just gets bought for a ton of money and wins best picture. But for every coda, there are a lot of movies that just kind of can't push through. Yeah. And I think it is always interesting to kind of see like what 
what shakes down and what gets picked up. Um, I think the the landscape certainly is changing because a lot of the like either already Netflix backed or A24 backed films that do play Sundance, a lot of that is their like first exposure to audiences. And, and you, you do have to kind of perpetuate that buzz because even on like, say a Netflix, you're already inundated with so much content that I think it is still like a way to to kind of shine a beacon on these on these um, indie creators, um, but who knows how it'll continue to play out as streaming dominating our world? It'll be really interesting to see. All right, Daniela Weinreich, I will see you at Sundance. I will see you at Sundance. I can't wait. This year's festival runs January 19th through 29th. And don't forget, it's in-person and virtual this year, which means you can buy $20 online tickets and host a screening party at home. And if you want to include the kids, plan to watch this movie. Ready for this title? Aliens abducted my parents, and now I feel kind of left out. It's a family-friendly sci-fi movie filmed entirely in rural Utah and directed by UVU alum Jake Van Wagener. Another strategy that Danielle and I didn't explore but that I always recommend is getting tickets for the Best of Fest screenings. They are the last weekend of the festival. You probably won't know what movie you're seeing until it starts because they're the award winners, but that's half the fun. Some of the Best of Fest screenings in Park City and Salt Lake are free to locals with a Utah ID. You just need to register on Monday, January 16th, and I dropped that link in the show notes for you. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around this city. Bye.